Hey everyone, before we jump in, Miles and I are so grateful for all of your support and we want to remind you all to always dive within the limits of your training and experience and always follow the advice of your instructors and dive masters. This podcast is not intended as a substitute for formal dive instruction. We are thrilled to have this space to share our stories and experiences and thankful we get to share them with you. Stay safe out there and have fun. Welcome back to Free to Send. I'm Miles. I'm Jake. And Miles, you'll have to forgive me. I have a confession. Oh, no. <laughs> it has been 32 days since my last dive. 32. Oh, 32 my days. I have been sick. I have been skiing. I, life has gotten in the way. And I have not been in the water in 32 days, according to my dive computer. So, Miles, I need you to tell me, what's the ocean like right now? The ocean is cold and i mean cold <laughs> it is 51 degrees at depth in san diego california oh that's so cold as of last week that is for rigid yeah my private class i had one student and she was not a fan yeah. at all she is going to Belize, I think, this week or next week. Oh, good. So she'll defrost. Yeah. And I kept telling her, I was like, yeah, just think warm thoughts. You're basically in Belize. And she was, she didn't think I was funny. <laughs> yeah. So she definitely was like, I don't know how you do this every week. How do you like this? And I just told her, I don't know, at some point you just kind of get used to it. Because I've told you many times, I was not used to it for a long time. And even now, I mean, sometimes after about 30 minutes, I'm like, yeah, let's just go ahead and go in. But, I mean, you see that really great animal interaction or whatever. You see that light coming through in the shallows. And you're like, okay, this is nice. Throwback to episode one where we did our yeah. rank, rankings of things that we like about diving. You know, diving. I mean, I will always talk about the light coming through. Yeah, the I know. Show. You love that. You love that. I love that. it. All right, so we now welcome on a very special guest. It is our very good friend, Emily. She is the... Well, I'll let you introduce yourself, actually. <laughs> okay, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Emily. I am the manager of... Jake and Miles's local dive shop, um, <laughs> as well as a Patty instructor, also. So nice. we wanted to have Emily on to talk a little bit about what working in a dive shop is like. Um, before I know, before you were a manager of the dive shop, you worked in the dive shop on the sales floor, and you were a DM for the shop with me. And now we're instructors together. Um, okay. We actually uh, are working a class together as uh, co-instructors, shadowing a another instructor as we as we start to yeah shadowing actually the instructor who certified me in my open water so fun little full circle moment yeah. there and it's all kind of happened pretty fast for you right you haven't worked for the shop for very long i have worked here for two years next yeah week. so you've really climbed the ladder pretty fast yeah that's that's what i'm here to do awesome yeah, yeah so so why don't you just talk a little bit about sort of what your day-to-day -day responsibilities what, is, what does that look like um, so I do a little bit of everything. I oversee the sales floor and like products and what's selling and kind of product knowledge for 
employees as well as um, like teaching customers about different items. Um, and then I'm also coordinating all of our class schedules. So kind of keeping, dipping my toes in all the little puddles on every part of the uh, dive journey for people. So scheduling so classes and things like that. that's your managing side of it, but you also just passed your IE. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing right now with that? So I just certified my first two students in um, dry suit certification. Nice. Very cool very excited about that it was on my birthday so it was like oh very cool um and then yeah jake and i are teaching a class together shadowing um a instructor who's been doing it for years gaining more knowledge so hoping to get into doing more classes teaching more classes getting out there in the water with so do you just go right from managing the floor to the pool or the ocean some days like are you working like a really long day going from the shop to the pool. Well, the sometimes I have an hour in between. <laughs> oh, I, oh, I've seen it happen, too. I've seen it happen on a Saturday or Sunday. She's at the shores with all of us at 5 a.m., and then here she is filling my tanks afterward as well. A couple hours later. Yeah. yeah. This weekend was funny because I did come straight from the beach. Um, I rinsed my hair a little bit in the showers at the beach, but just came straight here. And someone later in the day was like, did you get your hair cut? Your hair was great. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, it's just, it's just. It's just salty. It's just salty. It's it's au naturel, the the way Mother Nature intended my hair to look. I love it. This is honestly one of the only jobs that you can kind of be like, yeah, I was just in the ocean and I look kind of gross, but it makes sense that I'm also here. It's also a great advertising. I feel like people come in and they see that we're still salty. They're like, oh, no, this is a real shop. You know, like they're not just doing this and they're not just selling gear. Everybody's out there. We're not just we're more than a pretty face. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, so between your work here in the shop and classes, which do you like more? I like them all for different reasons. Nice. She's saying all right, all right. She, she knows the shop. Everyone that works in the shop is going to listen to this. So she's, saying, she's being nice to everybody. Um, obviously, I work in the dive industry because I like diving. So anytime I'm in the water, that's like my that's happy an answer. place yeah. to be. Yeah, there, there you go. Yeah. There you go. Um, but I do enjoy all of my responsibilities. I don't want to say equally because that's not true. But I like everything that I do. Yeah, I mean. It's so- a very diplomatic answer. <laughs> But honestly, it is nice to just take a break sometimes, especially maybe if your ears haven't been feeling the best, you're not feeling the best. Um, It is nice to take a break, but still be involved with diving, still be able to talk about it, be with people that are excited to talk to you about gear and booties and a new mask or something. You mean like the reason we started this podcast? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The only reason we started. So actually you brought up a good point. I wanted to ask you. So how do you, how, how involved are you in the decisions? Like what goes out on the floor, what we sell, what we don't sell? Um, like what, what, what goes into that? So that is actually not really me as much. I have some influence on it. Um, but a lot of it is just like established, brands that we are partnered with and what their individual representatives think would sell best for our store. So we get a lot of recommendations from the manufacturers of what items to put out. Oh, nice. Mm -hmm. So how are the relations with those manufacturers? Pretty close. I mean, a lot of them are actually in our area. Yeah, there's actually a lot of San Diego-based manufacturers, which is really cool. Would you say that makes it easier for us versus people that have to get things imported in? 
Probably. I have no idea. <laughs> so I know for us, in when I was working in Costa Rica, it was actually a really big deal, especially during COVID and during different um, government administrations when um, importing got kind of switched around. It was pretty confusing during that time, 2020 and 2021. So we actually had to change from one brand that we had gotten everything from them, regulator, BCD, you name it. And we had to switch to a completely new brand, get a completely new rep because it wasn't efficient or cost effective to import the other brand anymore because of import tax. And so to switch that completely was a massive deal for the entire industry and really the entire country. Wow. Yeah, I know we had some issues with like supply chain shortages and things. It never was just like a particular brand, but there was one point where we didn't have a single pair of boots because there was a neoprene shortage. And then tanks were also kind of hard to get because of a lot of them were being used for oxygen tanks in hospitals and the metal oh. was hard to get. Oh, oh sure, man. that makes complete so. sense. What about the computers? Because I know for a while it was just if, if it was really difficult to get computer parts and microchips. Yeah, I don't. And think cameras that, too. Yeah. I don't remember there being a huge issue with computers. Okay. But we also just have so many different ones. Maybe I just didn't know. I think things are starting to rebound and it's starting to change again. So even where I was working before, Costa Rica might be different now than it was. But at this point, they've already switched. And so they probably won't switch back unless there is a big push to do so. Got it. Backplate versus like backpack style or, you know, what what are you leaning towards and why? In what situations? Yeah, I mean, I what I always tell people too is it's a preference. And we have recommendations and we have like our opinions. But when it comes down to it, it's what feels most comfortable for you and makes what makes you feel the most comfortable in the water. Um, so a lot of people will have strong opinions on backplate and wing versus jacket style. Um, I've dove with all of them. I can notice the like slight changes, but I think, again, it just really comes to, down to what you're doing in the water. I know a lot of photographers, cave divers, instructors prefer the back inflate or backplate and wing just because your buoyancy is kind of all consolidated in one spot. Whereas the jacket style, as you kind of roll over, sometimes you might get air stuck in your side, makes it a little bit harder. Um, but a lot of beginners like those jacket styles just because of how secure they feel. And so because we use those in rentals, sometimes people will buy the jacket style and they'll dive for 10 years with a jacket style and they're very advanced divers. They, that's just what they prefer. So I don't think there's like a right or wrong choice to make when you're making your Definitely. choice. Definitely. So I think like, one of the big questions I had, I mean, so as an instructor, what do you think is best for an instructor to use when they're demonstrating? I mean, it, it makes the most sense for the instructor to use something that is similar to what the students are using. So when I'm teaching, um, when I was doing like being a dive master or doing scuba reviews, I would actually use a different BCD than what I usually dive in. Because the BCD I dive has the I3 system from so my inflator is on my side. No free ads. No free ads. We'll it's, it's just, uh, it's, the BCD I use has a slightly different inflator. Okay. It's on the side. Okay. So it, um, you like lift it up to inflate and press it down to deflate. And I think that system works really well in, um, when you're also using a dry suit. 
because then your inflators are like two very specific spots. You don't have to worry about really anything else on your BCD. Um, but it's super different from the inflation system that most BCDs have and most rentals will have. The so, normal over the shoulder. Yeah, the normal over the shoulder. So I'll it. always use one of those for classes to show exactly how they're going to do so there's not anything kind of left to the imagination they can just yeah watch. at least at least in the pool yes. for sure yeah because i know my weight system in the pool and then in the ocean completely different and if i was doing say a rescue class and i had to remove the weights and do like a demo in the ocean i would use my pool one actually because the normal one that i have for the ocean the weights are hooked on the on the back and so that would be extremely difficult to get back in for me, but also for somebody else. And so I, that is something that I now think about since I bought that other BCD and the weights are so difficult. So, so this came up actually the other night. Um, but do you, when you're talking to new divers coming in, they're, they're renting their gear for the first time at an orientation, um, do you have an order that you recommend that they buy gear in? Sort of. Again, I don't think there's anything that's like right or wrong. I'm a firm believer that for a lot of people, scuba diving is a hobby. Hmm. I don't think you have to be good at your hobbies. I think you just have to be safe at your hobbies. So um, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer for when you buy your gear. I, we, we do this for our students, um, and I think a lot of places do but have them provide their own mask, snorkel, boots, fins, and gloves, what we consider snorkeling gear. Um, I think those are great things to purchase for yourself, especially masks. I think if you're gonna buy mm -hmm. one piece of gear, buy your own mask, because it is. if you have a leaky mask, if you have a mask that's not comfortable, if you have a mask that doesn't fit well, you're just not gonna have a great time. And yeah, like, it ruins absolutely. the experience for yeah. sure. So definitely, if you're going to only buy one thing, buy a mask. And then if you're going to buy one expensive thing, um, I always recommend like a regulator first, just because it is kind of compact. You can travel with it and it'll save you money when you're traveling because you don't have to rent everything. Um, and then also just with a regulator, you know when the last time it was serviced, you know exactly how it's going to breathe, you know exactly how it's going to work. It, it doesn't leave much up to chance when you have your own regulator. So those are my two recommendations generally, but again, I think people can do however they want. <laughs> do you remember the order you bought your gear in? I bought all of my like snorkeling gear for the class because I didn't realize you could rent it. I thought you had to buy it, hmm. which, you know, I, it's fine. We I, do rent the gear, but yeah. we all we all agree. Um, We're all looking around at each other nodding. We agree it's better to buy that, buy yeah. those things because they fit better, they feel better. Yeah, and especially nobody else's nose has been inside it. Mm -hmm. Especially if maybe you're not the exact size as a model or someone like a generally sized person. So for reference, I'm a pretty short woman and it's difficult to find things that fit me, especially if it's just a rental that I'm going and I'm traveling with. So the things that I for sure I'm always going to travel with, I'm always going to travel with my boots, my gloves, my wetsuit and my bcd those are things that are really dependent on my size and i don't want to get somewhere and then not have my size or not have like you know that's something really that'll be point. comfortable that's a really good point which kind of leads me into my last question i would say is that what what would you recommend for women 
that are looking into specifically women's gear and things that are going to fit them best for I mean a lot of stuff in the dive industry is quote-unquote unisex aka it is tailored to men's bodies (laughs) and the buoyancy for women is completely different underwater so what would you say is the most important thing if you're going to get a women's item what's the most important so definitely women's bcds are amazing they are traditionally women have like shorter torsos so they are cut a little bit shorter the weight pockets sit higher up on your body the chest strap makes room for like a chest um usually they have swivels out again on the shoulder straps to like make room for you know yeah um (laughs) (laughs) yeah we get it (laughs) um and it makes a huge difference when i first started diving and i was just using a rental i would get like bruises on my hips from the yeah. weight pocket oh 100 like, percent. super common issue that i hear with women in the who are getting into diving is that they don't know that they can continue to do it because it's painful for them um and so having that bcd that does sit a little bit higher almost every brand makes one um and they all are kind of tailored the same way so shorter torso higher weight pockets Um, And I think it makes a huge difference when you're diving, um, especially because it, I mean, it just, it fits well. Yeah, no, it fits better and you're more comfortable with it and it makes your buoyancy better, which buoyancy, like we've talked about before, is the one thing that's going to make or break your dive, in my opinion. Um, I would say like the one other thing that I've seen makes a huge difference with people and just being comfortable in your gear is having a women's wetsuit because they're cut differently once again, and it gives you room to breathe in the important areas, and it also hugs to your body in the important areas, because a lot of times you'll get these wetsuits that they quote-unquote fit you in some areas, but then they're just like straight leg, and the whole leg is like it's bubbling out, and so it doesn't actually do its job anymore because it's not tight enough on you. Yeah, something that I've also noticed is every single brand of wetsuit cuts their wetsuits differently, Mm -hmm. so I always tell people as like here in the Pacific Ocean, like Mm -hmm. we're wearing pretty thick wetsuits, sometimes it can be a chore to try them on when you're dry, but I always tell people if a wetsuit doesn't feel right, try on another one. because they're all going to fit slightly different. And again, it's just about being comfortable. Like diving is not supposed to be uncomfortable. It's not supposed to be painful. You're supposed to feel good in what you're, I mean, as good as you can in like seven millimeters of neoprene, but. So would you say like a big general rule, not just for the wetsuit, but all gear, take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Take your time. Um, Put it like on, try it on, see how it feels like compare it to other things. Um, There's not, as much as I think we all wish there was, there's not like a right answer for everyone. Yep. And the reason that so many different pieces of gear exist is because everyone is different, everyone has a different body, everyone is shaped differently, everyone's center of gravity is in a different spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And finding something that works for you. Yeah, and I'll just round it off by saying that my personal advice would be that if you're going to buy gear, spend the extra $100. It will be worth it. We, we've talked about this a couple times. Just I know like we've had this conversation, mm-hmm. Miles and Emily. I know we had this conversation last night. <laughs> um, there is an exponential difference in spending that extra $100. You're going to get a much longer lasting, more durable, more comfortable 
piece of gear, whether that's a BCD, a wetsuit, a regulator, fins, mask, whatever it is, that extra couple of dollars is going to pay huge dividends and you won't have to buy new gear as often or, uh, or, or as frequently um, as you would have if you bought the, say, the cheaper item. Yeah, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with um, buying like a cheaper item, but like you don't always have to go with the most expensive, but um, just make sure you know all your options. Before. Yeah, absolutely. So one more thing just about when you're buying your gear, or when I'm talking to someone about buying their first gear setup, is to look at gear that you think you can grow with. So going kind of off of your like, always spend the extra, little extra, um, you're looking at like other features that a regular regulator might have or a computer might have that you might not feel like you need right now, but you might want in the future. So not just something that you can get in the water with right now, but something that you can get in the water with when you take your advanced class, when you take your rescue class, when you become a dive master, when you become an instructor. Um, Cause I see a lot of people buying like a less expensive regulator um, because they just want to get out and dive more. And then like five months later, they're like, I think I want something a little bit different. Um, so that's, that's my main piece of advice for when you're looking at gear. To something get. with a couple, maybe a couple extra ports on the yeah, right first stage. Yeah, a couple extra stage. ports, a couple extra features. Yeah. Things that seem interesting to you now as a new diver are probably going to be way more exciting to you when you're a more experienced diver. Well, Emily, thanks so much for hanging out with us and chatting about your perspective on managing a dive shop, sort of running that dual life, and, uh, and your perspective on gear as well. Uh, hopefully you'll stick around because we're going to talk about sort of picking a dive shop both at home and when we travel. Uh, so we want to bounce some ideas off of you. Yeah, do you have time? Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Great. Thanks. All right, we'll be right back. All right, welcome back. We are still here with our friend Emily. She didn't leave us yet. Dive shop. She hasn't <laughs> left. And we wanted to talk a little bit about dive shops more broadly. Um, so... Emily, why should we go to a dive shop to buy our gear rather than going online to buy our gear? Because everyone who works at dive shops is so cool and fun. <laughs> yes, that is very true. That is um, very true. Also, dive shops are important for a lot of reasons. Um, one, you can't get your tanks filled online. We need true. dive true. shops to true. stay around so that we continue to have places where you can get repairs done, places where you can rent gear, places where you can get tanks filled. Those things happen in person. They can't really happen in the same way online, um, like retail can. But the retail needs to continue to support those other operations. So that's a really big, important reason, I think, to buy in person instead of online and support your local dive shops. I'll give a good reason that I thought of while we were sitting here uh, chatting off, off, off to one side, <laughs> which is that um, if you buy your gear from a dive shop, you can get it serviced and fixed at the dive shop if something True. goes wrong. Mm -hmm. So this happened to me uh, a little while back. I bought some gloves that the seam ripped. And it was pretty pretty major rip. It was from basically the tip of my thumb all the way along my finger, down my thumb, across the palm, and up my index finger. So it was pretty much rendered the gloves useless. And I brought them into the shop and said, hey, you know, guys, you know, my gloves broke. And, uh, you know, the shop was awesome. They, they took them back. Sent them back to the manufacturer. Manufacturer sent me a new pair uh, within a couple of days. Uh, same thing happened with my computer. 
Um, Stop breaking your stuff. <laughs> I don't break the, these things. Just happen to me. I don't know. I'm the victim. I thought here. you were good. I'm the victim. Stuff. I'm the victim here. Don't, don't, <laughs> sorry, sorry. My apologies. Um, yeah. So my my uh, t- my tank transmitter um, conked out. I replaced the battery. Mm-hmm. I did a yeah. Um, so Emily's telling me to get a better one. But, <laughs> I didn't um, say anything. <laughs> no free ads. So I'm not going to tell you what she told me to get. Um, so. Yeah, so that's another reason why I really like having the dive shop local. The I you know I I know the rental staff, I know the repair staff. So if I bring in my regulator to get it serviced, I know I can just rent one um, while uh, while while it's back in the shop. Yeah, and then another reason that shops are important is kind of what we were saying before about wetsuits and um, yes and gear and BCDs and everybody is different. Every piece of gear is different. So being able to actually go and try it on. And trying on a wetsuit with a BCD on and like seeing how it will feel when you have it all together. Um, you can't really do that online unless you order like seven wetsuits to try them all and then ship them all back, you know? The shipping on that must be <laughs> <Awful>. unreal. <laughs> the shipping cost. Yeah, and I would say the last thing that kind of leads us into the next thing that we were going to talk about is that it's really important to find the right shop to also find your community either locally or while you're traveling because I know I've mentioned this before when I dive in other places I show up to the shop and I want to go hang out and get beers with everybody at the shop later that day or that week and so it's really important to go in person to these places as well to widen your community and get more dive buddies so that that actually leads us right into it how do you find a good, let's start local first. How do you find a good local dive shop? Like, is it just the one closest to your house? I mean, how did, well, I'll put it to you guys. How did you find this place? Um, I grew up down the street from here. And I, when I decided I wanted to get scuba certified, I was like, well, I know that one's there. And I came here and I never went anywhere else. And So for, for you, it was literally just a matter of convenience. Yeah. Got it. I'm lazy. So, easy peasy. Fair enough. What about you, Miles? So, I am not from here whatsoever. And the one thing I learned in Costa Rica for finding a good dive shop is that a really helpful tool is to go to the Patty website and go to Patty Travel or even Patty Jobs and look up some of the reviews on that shop via Patty instead of just Google. So Google, and I kind of compare the two. So I'll go to one review site and then I go back to the Patty site and see if like, is it a five star? Is it a place where they do an IE? And that's really important to me because if they don't do an instructor exam there or they don't host an instructor course, then the shop might not be big enough for what I'm looking for. Um, that's kind of how I compare mine. Yeah, that was sort of how I found this place too, was I was looking for a shop that could fill my tanks, service my gear, and teach me stuff. Yep. Um, and I knew I wanted to become a dive master. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go beyond that, but I wanted to have that opportunity. So a dive shop that was reputable, I mean, this place has been around forever. Yeah, um, I always look for how long places have been yeah. around, too. Now, there's nothing wrong with a brand-new dive operation. We know we're very good friends with someone who just started a dive operation a couple of years ago, and his, uh, his, his shop is great. Uh, he's, you know, he, runs a great, he runs a great shop. He doesn't have a physical storefront. Um, it's mostly classes and trainings. 
but um, you know, there's nothing wrong with it with an operation like that. It's just one of the criteria that I was looking for. But I think uh, that's kind of the thing where you compare that with the reviews at the same time. So it's like, if it's young and there's not that many reviews, I'm like, mm, I don't know. But if it's young and they still have a bunch of good reviews, then I'm like, yeah, I would maybe go there still. Yeah. So that's around here but you were talking you started talking about finding a dive shop abroad when you're traveling or if you wanted to go work abroad mm -hmm. what how did what was that experience like what did how, how were you so what did you do when i first found one in costa rica so like beforehand it was just my parents and they found shops for us and they did it but when i finally found my own i knew that i was going to a certain town i knew it was on the coast i said okay well i want to dive there there was only one dive shop in town and I was like, well, I guess this is the one we're going with. And it was close and I knew I wasn't going to have a car while I was there studying abroad. So that's the one I went with. I ended up growing with that shop for four or five years afterward. And that was awesome. So I think that is another thing is locally, but also when you travel, you want a shop that you can grow with as you grow as a diver, as you, um, you know, it's kind of like your gear. You want something that's not just going to work for one fun dive. You want something where you can continue to go back to if you want to do more specialties, if you want to continue as an instructor. Um, traveling, so looking up places to go to in Bali. So I just did this. I looked at the Patty website for travel as well as Patty Jobs to see, you know, are what yeah like what kind of instructors are they you know what's going on with their shop right if there's a lot going on um if they're like on the radar of people um and then i go to some kind of review site anything from google yelp TripAdvisor, whatever and i just see like okay what kind of reviews are they getting are they getting a lot of reviews are they not getting a lot um just if they're running a lot of trips and then lastly, I would go to social media. I would say like, okay, do they have a really nice Instagram up? Are they, do you know, do they take the time to advertise? Are, are they doing Facebook, Instagram, whatever? What's everything look like on that end? Yeah, no, that's, that's a really important one for me um, because I just, I got back from Fiji about six months ago when I was planning that trip. I was planning it with maybe three weeks or four weeks notice, I don't remember, but um, you know, there's a ton of dive shops in Fiji and I sort of, I didn't really have an itinerary plan. So I used Patty's travel tool. It was pretty sweet. Um, and it got me to two different dive shops that I ended up going with, uh, across the Fijian archipelago. And I went with those two shops because they had good reviews. Um, and I, I'm kind of like, I, I, I like to think that I can look at a thing or look at a, a place and decide whether or not I'm going to like it. Uh, even if I just look at it online. And these, these shops had, had good online presences. Um, the vibes were right. Yes. So, no, no, that's exactly so, what I was looking uh, for, too. Yeah, you know, it felt like it was going to be a good experience, and it was an absolutely fantastic one. Um, I'd say the, the other way that I find shops sometimes is friends' recommendations. Yeah, that's what um, I was just going to go to. A too. lot of our industry is word of mouth. Right. Divers are pretty chatty people generally, especially after a couple of drinks. Yes. <laughs> so we can usually we can usually find someone who knows someone who's been to a place that I want to go to or, or vice versa. Um, like when I was looking at shops for my Hawaii trip last year, uh, I talked to a few different people and they all recommended one or two dive shops. And 
then I realized that I actually have a friend who used to work here who now works for one of those one of those two dive shops, so I went with that one. Um, that was actually a lot of fun. Hopefully, uh, hopefully we can get her on at some point. But um, yeah, so talking about, you mentioned it earlier, Miles, about the instructors. Um, Emily, I kind of want to toss this over to you because I know you have a little bit of input into this. Um, how do you find good instructors to hire? And then for all of us, I think we should talk a little bit about how we come up with the instructors we want to learn from. Okay. Well, so first of all, I don't do any hiring. You don't do any hiring. <laughs> all right, never mind. We don't have to talk about that. Um, but what I always tell people um, who maybe have started a class with us or started a class somewhere else um, and they're transferring because of any number of like discomforts, you know, people need different things. Um, I think that there are so many different ways for people to teach information. Before I was in diving, I was in education and like a bunch of different outlets. So like I've seen it in other contexts too, but people learn in different ways. People get motivated in different ways and there's not a like one size fits all for instruction of any kind of information and that's true in diving too. So I think the most important is like when you're finding a shop, finding a shop that has a large instructional staff. Yes. So you can find instructors and dive masters and just dive professionals that you vibe with, you know? Like yep. absolutely. Yep. People have different personalities, people have different like needs, um, and not every person is gonna be a match with every person, you know. How do you sort of vet that? Like what questions would you ask? Yeah, like as a class coordinator and as someone who is really involved in when students are switching around from our courses, I know you just contacted me the other day because a student had started with someone else. She needed something slower, maybe a little gentler, and you reached out to me to ask if I was available to do that. How do you go about thinking like, okay, what instructor is going to match with this personality? I mean, I feel like I have a good grasp on a lot of people's personalities. And then also, in di a lot of people need different things, like I said, in different instruction. So a big part of diving is a lot of like ex-military people will join diving. And so a lot of students in that kind of mindset do really well with this kind of like, let's go, let's go, let's go mm -hmm. um, kind of mindset. And that works for a lot of people. And then some people just need it to be slow. They just need to be slowed down. Um, and there's nothing inherently better about either of those tactics. It's just people need different things. So sometimes we'll switch people around to find instructors that um, can cater more to their like needs. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because at the end of the day, if you're not having fun, then what are you doing? Yeah. So We wouldn't be here if it wasn't fun. Yeah, and I would say, so as someone who has gone through multiple instructor courses, and I only ever, I mean, I went from advanced all the way to MSCT with one instructor because I, he was awesome. I really loved him. I loved his style of teaching for myself, at least. I mean, I loved it most of the time, probably middle of IDC. I was like, okay, I'm over it. I'm so done with you. And he did tell me, he told me at the beginning of Dive Master, he said, just letting you know, we've been friends, but you're going to hate me. You're going to hate me at some, at some points. And that's okay, because I'm not trying to be your friend every day. But we're obviously still really good friends now. I loved his style of teaching for me. 
but I saw him teach other people and it didn't work just the way that he was. He was ex-military and it just didn't work for everybody. And he was okay with that. He said, you know what, this is, you know, I'm one instructor out of multiple at the shop and my style doesn't work for everybody. And that just is what it is. But I had actually, I'd never seen anything else other than this militant style until we brought another instructor in that was super chill, very laid back. Like if you've been to Costa Rica, he was very like Pura Vida life <laughs> and super laid back, wanted everybody to just be having fun, having a good time. And so it was really eye-opening for me to see both the different styles and how they affected each student that we were teaching. That's a really good point. You're bringing up the IDC. Uh, our IDC, Emily and my IDC uh, class, we had four IDC staff members in addition to our two instructors, three or four, five maybe. Yeah, we had a big, we had a big group of instructors. Um, either, yeah, four or five. So we, there were a few different instruction styles that we got to witness. So, and, and you know, we all know we've all worked with these guys as we were all DMs uh, for, for, yeah. for these, these people. So we got to see a few different styles. And I think that was really important for us as new instructors because it allows us to be a little more adaptable when we get those sorts of students that, you know, maybe don't respond to my very laid back style. They need a little bit more forward, you know, go, go, go. Yeah, whereas if someone is militant with me, I will cry. Right, exactly. So, but you know, you know now, like, you've seen a little bit of some other styles, so you can, you know, you, you'd have to, you'd adapt it a little bit, but you could be able to, you know, just change your style to adapt to what the students need. Yeah, and like, for me, bef again, before I worked here, I worked with, like, toddlers, preschoolers. <laughs> like, yeah, so you uh, had seven styles my, for that, yeah. my teaching style is a little different than someone that's going to like yell, you know, but again, those work for different people. Do you teach your scuba students like toddlers? I, I like to think that I don't, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with us. It's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, this well, has been great. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime you're always I welcome I can't wait back. to listen to this episode and cringe at my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> yep, like us. Yeah, like us. We do the same. <laughs> it's tough to listen to your own voice sometimes. Um, we're still getting used to that. But anyway, uh, this has been a lot of fun. And thank you so much for, for being here. Okay, thanks for having me. Well, this has been great. This has been super fun. I love having people on. You yeah. know, I think you guys get tired of just hearing our voices. Yeah, we need to have more people on. Yeah, no, I and we definitely will. And, you know, right now we're just having people from, you know, our shop and our area. But we really want to bring in more people from where we're traveling to, where we've been in the past. You know, some of the people that I've worked with in Costa Rica really want to get them on. If you're yeah. listening... Hit Hit me up. Up. <laughs> yeah, so if you know somebody that you want us to have on, or if you want to come on yourself, hit us up. Uh, we would love to talk about diving with people we don't normally talk about diving with. We love to talk about diving with anybody. Pretty truly. much anybody, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you just say one thing about diving with us, you'll get an hour-long yeah, conversation. Exactly. You know what might be fun, Miles, is what? if we had somebody on who has never talked about diving before oh that would be really interesting be yeah like some of my friends so yeah some of our like <laughs> non-diving friends yeah. anyway uh thank you so much for listening this has been another episode another dive from free descent podcast 
Uh, find us on Instagram at Free Descent Podcast. We're on yep. Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Um, we will see you soon. And before we go, Miles has a question for you. Yeah. So I want to know what dive trips you guys have been on and which dive trips you guys want to go on. I know this list might be long. Go ahead. Hit us with all of it on Instagram. You can also, if there is a place to comment underneath this episode, whether you're on Spotify or Apple podcast, you can comment on there, but for sure on Instagram, that is the best place to hit us with these answers. Yeah, give us your bucket list. We want to hear about it. Um, we're going to feature the answers on a future episode of Free Descent. Awesome. See you well, guys. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye.